This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth Driver with a red carbon face for better energy transfer and more ball speed. Welcome to the Carbon Age. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Reunited, and it feels so good. Good morning. Welcome to the season premiere, the debut, season 12 of Golf Talk Canada right here. On TSN 1050, Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. Mark Sacchino is making his way back from the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. He was there covering it for PGA Tour Radio. Mark's actually been on the road quite a little bit in the early portion of 2022. So Mark will join us at the bottom of the hour at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time if you're listening live. Where we'll talk about what it's been like being back on the road. We'll talk all about what's going on with the Saudi International. Everything going on over there. The gong show. That is what I think we can call it that for sure. But uh, Bob, you're now with us. Another season, Bob. We're back. Season 12. Yeah, it feels like season 47, but you're right. <laughs> it does feel like we've been doing this a lot longer than 12 years. I sort of looked at that and I went, it's a long time, but it's not necessarily a long time. But uh, it's good to be back yes. and it's good to be talking golf. We've had a lot happen since we last talked to everybody. And um, a lot to get through. I'm sure we won't get through it all today, but over the next few weeks. And of course, every week new things are happening. And it's, uh, it's, been, quite a, uh, it's been quite a start to the season, hasn't it? It really has been quite a start to the season. Lots of uh, great winners. We've seen first-time winners. We've seen drama down the stretch. We've seen playoffs on the PGA Tour. We've seen a great start to the season for Canadian Brooke Henderson. Speaking of Brooke, she's going to join us in our next segment because she is the newest member of Team TaylorMade. Yes, we are a TaylorMade show, and Brooke has signed on with TaylorMade for golf ball and golf gloves. So we'll we'll be joined by Brooke in our next segment to discuss her her newest equipment change. We'll also be joined by Tyler Torrieri, the CJGA's Director of Tour Operations. He'll join us in hour two, like I mentioned. Mark Zacchino will also be joining us uh, in about half hour's time. But before we get to all that, let's hit some news and headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Sandbagger, everybody knows one. And of course, we're still dealing with the home studio here, so hopefully that alarm in the background isn't too distracting, but it looks like it's now gone. Bob, I'm not sure if you remember our last, one of our last live shows, there was, they were testing the fire alarms in my condo building, and I decided to sit outside on... Uh, on my balcony. Now, I'm not sure if that'll work today, given the temperature outside, but hopefully we don't hear many more alarms uh, this morning. But it's been a busy start to the golf season, like you mentioned. And, you know, we on the show, we've talked at length, of course, about PGA Tour, LPGA Tour Champions Tour, McKenzie Tour. But now all this talk about Live Golf, LIV, Saudi, the Saudi money, and things really escalated last week because of the Saudi International. And Phil Mickelson, he's gotten himself into some very hot water for some, um, would you call them obnoxious comments, Bob? Uh, you know, it's hard to sort of pick one side or the other here. So I don't want to say that his, you know, his comments are strong for what he believes. And obviously, he doesn't think of them as obnoxious. Some other people do. And there's a, this, this is, I think, the biggest part of what's going on with uh, Live Golf and Super Golf League and all the stuff that's coming in is that 
you know, it's a very obviously, very and deservedly so contentious um, part of the world, a country that's behind it. Everyone has their own thoughts about things going on back and forth. So um, without taking one side or the other, I mean, I, I personally have a stance, but, a, but as a reporter, I'm sort of, sort of sitting there saying, okay, what's Phil saying? Why is he saying it? And he certainly did upset a lot of other people with his comments for sure, but that's probably not the first time that Phil's done that, is it? Yeah, and the the term he used, I used the term obnoxious, and he talked about the PGA Tour's obnoxious greed, which is a little puzzling just as you know, looking on the outside for all the money he's won. But even you look last year, the player impact program, he reportedly took home $8 million from what he did on social media. So I just found the comments to be very uh, off-putting, off-color, Sort of. I, I wonder how it's. I wonder what the reception's going to be like of Phil if it'll change at all when he, you know, does play here in North America again sometime soon. What do you think? Well, Phil's got a lot of cachet. He's got a lot of. He's one of the few people who could make those comments. You know, he has. Uh, he has pull. He has uh, uh, a lot of people on his side. A lot of players on his side. In term, in general speaking, I'm not necessarily speaking speaking specifically about this issue. Yeah. Um, so he's one of the guys who. Can, can say it and people will listen. The PGA Tour will listen. Uh, I don't think they'll agree, but they'll listen. And and so when I think he comes back here, I don't think Phil's worried about what he said. I don't think he's fear, gonna fear any reprisals. Um, you know, that's just kind of who Phil is. He has, he's, he's said a lot of things in the past that may, people may not agree with. And, but I, I think, you know, you have to give him the, the room and the rope to, to do that. He's um, certainly challenging the PGA Tour. And look, let's, let's not lose sight of the fact that uh, the PGA Tour is reacting to what the Super Golf League threat is. They are adding money. You know, the, the PGA, uh, the Players' Championship purse is going to be $20 million. There's going to be more money at the end of the year for top players. Um, and I don't think the PIP program is really changing Phil's perspective as to what he believes is right. Let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. And we'll have much more on the PIP program in Winners Weird and What a little later in the show because uh, there are some very interesting things coming out of the PIP uh, during the time we are off. Now, speaking of the Saudi International, another you know big part of the, the pull of trying to get some of these top players in the world is, is these massive sums of money that's reportedly being offered. You know, Bryson DeChambeau allegedly reportedly being offered $135 million to go play over there. Ian Poulter, a large sum of money. Lee Westwood not wanting to comment because of signing an NDA. I, I, it, it's, it's, it's a tough, it's an interesting subject to talk about, Bill, because whenever, if and when someone does accept this, you wonder, are we going to see, you know, five guys follow in their footsteps and say, you know what, I've, I've had enough of it over here. I'm going to go chase the money. What, what do you think about this? Uh, I think this is a legitimate threat. I think this is a something that is going to happen one way or the other. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly how um, how it'll materialize, but you, you know, my my theory is usually the guy with the most money wins. So <laughs> yeah. these guys have deep pockets, and if and and you know, a lot of these guys have to do some deep soul searching as to whether or not they think they should take this money uh, because of the the history behind where it's coming from. But if you are a guy at the end of your career, let's say you're 42, 43 years old, 
someone comes to you and says, okay, you know what, I'll offer you uh, $30 million or $40 million to come and play here for four years or three years or whatever it is. You know, they're offering up a lot of money and a lot of money that these guys are not going to earn playing anywhere else in the world. Um, so it's, it's, these guys are going to have to think about it. I, I mean, I think legitimately they think about it as a business decision, but I think there's also a moral decision they have to make. And that's where it becomes tough for pretty much everybody who is, uh, is even looking at this as a fan, you know, do you, do you, if you don't accept it, then these guys are going to be, um, are going to be sort of cast out. And if you are a banker for one of these guys, you're going to say, yeah, bring it in here. I don't know. I, I guess maybe I don't care where the money's from. It just depends. Every single person involved has an issue with between moral morality and the money. Uh, but I think this league is a reality. I think this thing will actually get off the ground. And I think it's going to surprise a few people when it does. Yeah, definitely. And this is a story that we'll be following every week. We'll be discussing it with Mark in 20 minutes or so. It's just something that keeps developing and we'll have the latest as it comes in. Now, coming from the Saudi International, Bob, we saw arguably one of the shots of the year. I would say Harold Varner III, the eagle putt from, what would you call that, 80 feet, 90 feet from just off the green. A, how awesome was that putt, that scenario to win? And B, how about the reaction? That was awesome. Yeah, I think it was a great putt. Um, you know, it was a it was a neat way for a guy who has sort of been short in trying to um, close out tournaments. And, and he hasn't always had the best uh, ability to do that. But this time, you know, he's... Uh, he does it in style, and as you said, I think his caddy said it was 92 feet, and then Harold said he doesn't know how far it is, which I thought was quite funny. But the uh, um, but the putt itself, the, the drama, you're thinking, okay, you two putts, they go to a playoff. I mean, it's pretty amazing overall just to see the whole thing. It's just just amazing way for a, and a pretty nice guy too. I like Harold uh, a lot. I only had a chance to meet him a few times, but I think it's uh, it could be sort of the the start of something for Harold Varner. Yeah, and we had Harold Varner on Golf Talk Canada last year. Uh, you did an interview with him. Uh, he was doing some great things uh, with RBC. Now, um, speaking still on the on the Saudi uh, side of things, I should say, that's where Bryson DeChambeau comes into the conversation. And I mentioned the reported $135 million he was offered, and he, you know, he basically denied that. But... He also had to withdraw from this tournament because of injury. Now, this could really start a bigger conversation because a lot of our show over, you know, since the COVID restart back in, in June of 2020, we've spoken at length about Bryson DeChambeau re, basically rebuilding his body, turning into a sumo wrestler, essentially, turning into, you know, the big bad Bryson, putting on 40 pounds of muscle, goes on to win the U.S. Open in a way we've never seen before. But now we're seeing some injuries for the first time. You wonder, Bob, is this is his body starting to cry uncle and say, maybe, you know, slow it down here a little bit? Where do you think Bryson goes from here? Uh, I think, you know, he, he came out afterwards and said, look, don't worry, this is nothing major. I think uh, it's, it's wait and see. Listen, every player on the PGA Tour goes through some ups and downs and injuries and ailments, and some are worse than others, we know about player, I mean, look at Tiger. Uh, mm -hmm. This, this I think, is going to be interesting to watch and see if, um, if it develops, if it gets a little bit uh, more serious. 
but right right now I'm sort of taking a wait wait and see. I think I think uh, uh, I think he feels that it's not all that serious. But again, you can't help but think that way because of what you just said. This is a guy who's worked out. He's done all this stuff. He's transformed his body. Uh, he swings and takes you know a gazillion practice swings and uh, on the range and stuff. So it's a uh, it's a very different very different scenario for Bryson than it would be for most other people just because of what he's done and where he does it. But I think it's going to be interesting to uh, interesting to watch and see where he where he comes back to play and how he looks when he does. And I, I saw an interesting tweet go out from uh, Daniel Rappaport from Golf Digest who did a comparison of Bryson, call it pre and post bulk. In, in two years, pre bulk, four wins, 14 top tens, got up to world number eight. Or sorry, got up as high as world number five was the eighth ranked player in the world. Two years post bulk, three wins, including the US Open, 16 top tens. World number nine right now got up as high as the fourth ranked player in the world. Uh, this is a story that we will continue to track with Bryson DeChambeau, whether he has to take some more time off, whether he's back next week. Uh, we will continue to update that story uh, as it goes on. Now, I mentioned earlier Brooke Henderson joining Team TaylorMade. She's also had a great start to the season. Coming up after the break, we'll go one-on-one with Brooke Henderson about the ball and glove change with TaylorMade, as well as her outlook for the 2022 season. This is our season premiere of Season 12 of Golf Talk Canada right here on TSN 1050. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade. TaylorMade. And the all-new Stealth Driver with a red carbon face for better energy transfer and more ball speed. Welcome to the Carbon Age. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to find affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit caddytime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today. Welcome back inside our premiere of Season 12 of Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Fox Weeks. Mark Sacchino is going to join us in our next segment. He's making his way back from the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. He was there with PGA Tour Radio where Tom Hoagie went out on top. Jordan Spieth. Coming up short, Bob, you were so close to that first win for TSN Edge. You had a couple of guys right in the mix. You know, you've, 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 I, I'm, I'm a leading right now with three wins. Mark has two, and you had Jordan Spieth. You had Patrick Cantlay. You had Jason Day. Sometime you're going to get a win here on the TSN Edge. Maybe it's this week at the Waste Management. So I may not be leading in wins, but I did because I was so... Um frustrated watching those two guys not get me the win i am leading in top tens so there you go <laughs> i've got that there i've got that much going for me there you <laughs> go that's Lead, about it leading in I, top can't 10. Get a, I can't get over the hump and get that win in there but uh, uh yeah it was close it was a good it was a good finish it was a good tournament and um as they say in brooklyn wait till next year wait till next year we'll have much more on the at&t Pebble beach with pro-am uh, pro-am with mark in our next segment as well in an hour or so we'll hear from tom hoagie who picked up the win at the at&t Pebble beach pro-am but of course here in canada brooke henderson is the all-time winningest canadian professional golfer and she made a bit of an equipment change prior to the start of 2022 changing the golf ball and the glove to tailor-made now right after that announcement was made and before her season began Bob, you had a chance to go one-on-one with Brooke to discuss all of these latest changes. Let's hear from Bob and Brooke. 
All right, Brooke Henderson, here you are with uh, getting ready for the new season, which is creeping up on you and an equipment change announcement or a ball change. And um, first of all, before I ask you about that, can you tell me, are you, uh, are you kind of a numbers person? Are you, do you look at things like spin rate and trajectory and all those kind of things when you're testing something new to put in the bag? Um, I'm all about feel. So I love things that feel nice to me. And, you know, even in the air and when I'm hitting chip shots, I like to see how it reacts. Um, my sister, my dad, uh, coaching Patty, they try to pay more attention to the numbers, um, but I'm definitely very feel oriented. Okay. So how excited are you then by making the switch? Because I'm sure this didn't, wasn't something that you just jumped right into, but going into, you're going to be playing the TP5, the TaylorMade TP5. Um, I'm super excited to join team TaylorMade for the TP5 X ball um, and glove. It's been awesome. You know, I tested it and right away I saw great results, which was really exciting. And, you know, I've never made a lot of equipment changes in the past, but when the results were this good, um, it was a really easy switch. And I was really happy when they took me on as part of the team. What, what did you see and what did you feel from the ball specifically that, that you think is going to help your game this year? Um, off the tee, I gained yardage, um, which is really important, especially moving forward when I have to go to a shorter shaft. Um, so seeing that gain in distance was um, a really big deal. And, you know, around the greens and putting, I love the way the ball feels and it's been performing really well. Actually, um, two or three days ago, I played in Morgan Pressel's charity event and I was playing in a program in the morning and I made a hole in one. <laughs> so it's been a, <laughs> That's a pretty good testament. Yeah, it's been a really good uh, start to the year. Um, also you're going to switch into the glove as well, the, the, uh, the glove. Can you tell us a little bit about how that feels? And I don't know if that's something that regular golfers, average Joes like us kind of take for granted, but is that an important thing for you to have a good feel with that? Um, yeah, absolutely. Especially, you know, when you're playing in hot climates, like we will be in Asia in a couple months, you know, it's really important to know that when you're sweating a lot, you know, it's still going to stay sticky and you're not going to, um, lose feeling it's, yeah, you, you don't really think about it too much, but when you're out and you have pressure-filled situations, you want something that you can definitely depend on and that feels comfortable um, and is able to perform. I guess it's one of those things where the less you have to think about it, the better it's probably working. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, team TaylorMade is, uh, is great. They've got a lot of great people who are on their team and a lot of great people behind the scenes. Have you been able to have a chance to kind of meet the people who uh, behind this technology and build this thing and, and can, can help you kind of maximize what you're getting from the ball and the glove? Um, yeah, I'm starting to make introductions and meet everybody and, and it's really cool. Um, they're really excited and I'm super pumped to be a part of the team and, and learn more about uh, the ball and the glove and, you know, kind of those behind the scenes things. Um, but right now, you know, it's working great and I'm really excited to see it up uh, next week. Uh, at yeah. And tournament champions. So, yeah, I'm really excited. Tell us just how excited are you to kick off the new season? It's always a great event, uh, tournament champions. You know, it's just past winners from the LPJ Tour the last two years. So, it's a really awesome field. And then, you know, having the celebrities there, and I've gotten to know them pretty well. I've played that tournament for a number of years now because I played it when it was a champions tour event too. Um, so, a lot of familiar faces, and it's really nice to be able to catch up and you know, it's, it's a little bit different feel than a regular event. You know, it's a little bit more laid back, a little bit more fun. Um, so it's a great way to kick off the season. Who's the, who's the best celebrity golfer you've played with? Um, 
They're actually all really good. <laughs> um, yes, you definitely have to bring your A game if you want to keep up, but um, it's just really fun to see um, how they can be so talented and as an athlete in other sports or you know, an actor or singer um, and then be able to bring it to the golf course. And you can really learn a lot. And it's pretty inspiring. I do tend to play a lot with Josh Donaldson and having him previously play for the Blue Jays. I always enjoy that a lot. Well, big season ahead. I'm sure you've got uh, lots of goals to uh, set on your on your uh, list and you're going to be doing it uh, as part of Team TaylorMade. Uh, congratulations. Thanks so much, Bobby. That's Brooke Henderson and our own Bobby Weeks talking mm -hmm. about uh, Brooke's change to Team TaylorMade, new glove, new golf ball, and Bob Bobby, so far, quite a start to the year for Brooke Henderson, a second, T6, and T11 so far. From what you've seen from Brooke through three weeks, what are your thoughts on Brooke's start to the season? I really think that uh, just watching her on the golf course, the limited times that she's been shown, <laughs> she's just, she seems a lot more into it this year. She seems a lot more enthusiastic. I'm not sure if there was a hesitancy during COVID two years ago and maybe a little bit last year as well, but she seems like she's really pumped to kind of get out on the golf course. And uh, you look at some of her stats right now, she's third in putts per greens in regulation. Wow, that's great. Uh, 51 birdies made, which is first on the LPGA Tour. So she's she's obviously put in a lot of work in the offseason. Um, I know she's been working on the putting a lot. I still think that the putting is not necessarily the only thing that's holding her back. I think her wedge play is another part of it, which that shows she's not doing very well in uh, sand saves, which is the only number of... Uh, the only indicator right now that we can get on her wedge play, that's going to change a little bit with some of the stats that the LPGA Tour is going to bring in. But uh, all, all, uh, all, all things sort of point to a really good start to the year and a, and a really good uh, continuation or a really good season if she can continue doing it. Yeah, definitely. Now, she leads the LPGA Tour in birdie. She's fourth in scoring average, fifth in greens in regulation. You mentioned that stat, though, third on the LPGA Tour in putts per greens in regulation. Now, she's spoken about how she is basically going to leave the pin in regardless of the situation. We'll see how that uh, transpires and how that helps Brooke with the flat stick, and let's see if she can pick up win number 11. But in your mind, a successful year for Brooke Henderson equals blank. What do you think? Uh, I think she needs to win, and I think she needs to be in contention in, let's say, three of the five majors. And she doesn't have to win a major, but she has to be there. She has to be in the hunt. And I think, you know, it's if you can put yourself in the hunt, then obviously that helps a lot. Um, it it gets you some confidence. It, it buoys your game. It's not, not always easy to win because everybody wants to win those tournaments, so everybody's firing in their highest part. But if she can get a win or two and, and contend in, in most of the majors, I think that would be good. Uh, the one interesting part about putting with the flag stick in, one thing a lot of people don't know about Brooke is she's got terrible eyesight. Mm. She wears glasses a lot, and a lot of times she said that, that now putting that, leaving that pin in actually helps her see the line, see the putt, see the hole. And one of the other things that um, the reason I know that is because a lot of times when you see Brooke hit off the tee, she immediately reaches down and picks up her tee. You know, she, she just bends over <laughs> yeah. as if, she's, if the ball hasn't even landed yet. And a lot of cases, that's because she can't see where the ball's going. Uh, Brittany will actually say, I know she can feel that the club is probably a good hit, but she, has no, she can't really see that far off. So maybe the eyesight is something that's been holding her back. We'll see. Yeah, that's, that's a very interesting point. Now, like I mentioned, Brooke Henderson, great start to the season. A second T6, T11. She is Canada's 
winningest professional golfer of all time with 10 career professional victories. We'll see what, where Brooke goes in 2022. Looking forward to seeing Brooke Henderson as her career progresses. Another great Canadian story is Maudemi LeBlanc. We'll have more on Maudemi LeBlanc a little later in the show. She's quite a story coming back, sort of shutting down her professional career, and now she's back already as a top 10 this season. We'll have much more on LeBlanc a little later in the show. Coming up after the break, Mark Zucchino is en route back from the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. We'll be joined by Mark discuss. Uh, his favorite celebrity interview, perhaps, during his time at Pebble Beach, some of the golf he played, and, of course, Tom Hoagie's victory at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. This is our season premiere of Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by TaylorMade, was brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to add affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit caddytime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Welcome back. Our season 12 debut of Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. And now joining us on the phone is Mark Sakino, who's been very busy on the road with PGA Tour Radio. It's been a lot of time... Uh, from the remote studio at home for Mark, but now he's back on the road with PGA Tour Radio, and he now joins us on the phone, making his way back from the AT&T Pell Beach Royal. Mark, welcome to the show. Can you believe Season 12 is here? Boys, thanks for holding down the fort the first few weeks. Uh, nothing like jumping right back into the fire, right, Adam? Like, uh, <laughs> it's calling golf from uh, in my underwear and, and a robe at home for about a year, and... Uh, it's been nonstop, but I can't believe season 12, and I can't believe the amount of golf, like uh, great golf we've seen already uh, this year. It's just been crazy. A little too much information there, Mark, but we'll move past that as you make your way back from the AT&T Pebble Beach program. Let's start at Pebble Beach. Um, first of all, I have to say you posted some great images and, uh, from Pebble Beach of just how great the golf course looked. What, what were your thoughts on what transpired on Sunday with, with Tom Hoagie picking up the victory? Yeah, you know, it's a popular win, I think. Tom Hoagie's such a nice guy, you know, uh, PGA Tour Canada graduate, Corn Ferry, like, he certainly, you know, did his time, paid his dues. And has been quietly playing well. Had a good finish a few weeks back at the American Express. So um, glad he hung in there. Glad he played well. Uh, handled the pressure. Seem, uh, seemingly very solid. Uh, never looked like he was going to flinch. Surprise, guys, that Jordan Spieth couldn't close that one out. Uh, sloppy, sloppy finish from Jordan. And it's a bit head-scratching. In a way, like that should have been his golf tournament in my mind. I was with the final group who really kind of hung around but really never threatened to win that golf tournament once we were a few holes deep into, into that final round. But, I, I, you know, for me, in my, in my headset all day, that felt like Jordan Spieth's golf tournament for the last hour, and, and it didn't transpire. It was a little surprising. The one thing about Jordan Spieth we're learning is that uh, his bunker game still hasn't improved enough. I mean, that, that shot on 17, Mark, was uh, um, 
you know, it wasn't bad, but I just think that he needs to get better with those bunker shots. How about his decision to, uh, on the edge of the cliff, on the eighth hole, was there any talk in your ear about perhaps, uh, this is on Saturday, I think, of him falling over the, uh, falling over the edge and uh, maybe having, having to mount a rescue to, to retrieve the body? Bob, we were, that's all that we could talk about. It's all that people were talking about. I mean, we couldn't believe it. Uh, Fred Albers, who you know, was on the ground with me and Pebble, and Fred and Jordan have a pretty good relationship. They've, you know, they've done a lot of media over the years together, and they've, uh, Fred feels comfortable, you know, kind of being forward with Jordan. And off mic, when we were standing behind scoring on Saturday, Fred basically said to Jordan, what are you doing? You're, you're a father. You're a husband. Uh, th- like, it, that is su- such a dangerous decision. And Jordan said to uh, Fred that moments after he hit it, it he was almost on the verge of, uh, of tears. He was shaking uh, from the whole experience. And, um, it, it, again, why would you put yourself through that for one shot? I mean, um, boy, God. And then it, we started chatting then again. Should there be a guardrail there of some kind? I know it would certainly ruin the aesthetics of what you know Jack Nicholas calls the second or the best second shot in golf. But I mean, I'm surprised over the years, resort golf course, all these years, nothing's happened there. Um, so, and I, I'm really surprised after watching Jordan go, kind of go through that process. You know what's interesting is Mike Weir had that same shot. I think it was 2014, might have been 13. And Brandon Little, who was his caddy at the time, talked him out of playing it. He said, take a drop, because he was afraid that he was going to fall over. But it took a lot of convincing to get him to do that. Uh, Listen, moving on, I want to ask you about your uh, brush with greatness all week in the celebrity world. I mean, you were like you were like Mr. Uh, Mr. Celeb there or a paparazzi. You were hanging with the people. Some of them, I did notice, Mark, some of those guys, notably the football players, were just a little bit taller than you. Uh, what was the experience like with those guys? Well, first off, I get to work with you and Adam, so I'm not uh, shy around greatness. I'm comfortable with it, so it's very easily easy for me. So... Uh, it was great. I got to tell you, it's the first time it's, it's, I've worked this event before, but it's the first time that I've been assigned uh, celebrity Saturday duties where you basically just hang out behind the fifth green and you do the walk up the hill to the tee on six and you grab as many celebrity interviews as you can for about a three hour window on Saturday. And it was a blast. They, they, they couldn't have been uh, more uh, engaging uh, Josh Allen, uh, Alex Smith, uh, just fantastic guys, very chatty. Uh, Macklemore was, was, was great. Schoolboy Q was hilarious. Uh, I mean, I just had a great time uh, speaking with actors, musicians, you name it. Um, out of the gates, you're kind of going, I wonder how this is going to go. Because you know, Bob, like we've spoken to like 9,000 people tour players and we know the drill you know the cadence you know how to open you know how to close you know how to push the envelope like without crossing a line like where not to go this was like totally different like what you know what are you talking about the only good news is you know it's not a serious interview they're there to have fun they're there to promote their latest 
gig of whatever it is they're doing, whether it's a movie or an album, or uh, etc. But overall, it, it was it was fun. But yes, my neck was sore at the end of the day after speaking to most of the athletes. That that's for sure. Now and now, Mark, there's a reason why I sit down whenever we're on uh, a desk together. Um, <laughs> doing any sort of it. So we're with Mark Zucchino, who's making his way back from the AT and T Pebble Beach Pro Am. Now, Mark, you've been on the road quite a bit. You were on the uh, in the, in Hawaii for the Hawaii Swing. And you saw some history. You saw some unbelievably low scores. That race between Cameron Smith and John Rahm, even Matt Jones getting to 30 under as well. Now we're a couple weeks uh, looking back on that now. When you reflect on being on the ground for that experience, what was it like to see that in person of the guys make that course look like a video game, basically? We're, we're, we're having a bit of a connection issue here with Mark. I think we're going to try to reconnect here uh, as Mark is making his way back from the AT&T Pell Beach Pro. Mark, or Bob, I'll ask you the question. You know, this was the first week of 2022. We saw unbelievably low scores at Kapalua. Not much wind. What was it like for you seeing these really low scores? I mean, it was ridiculous when a guy uh, shoots, breaks the all-time low scoring record and finishes third yeah <laughs> <laughs> as has that happened when they were going through there but uh yeah i mean this listen if you it just goes to show you it doesn't matter how long you make the golf course or how you do it if you give these guys soft conditions no wind when a golf yeah. course where there's supposed to be wind um then it's just they're going to eat it up and it doesn't i say it doesn't matter if it's eight thousand yards and the greens are running 13 they'll still eat it up which is what they did at kapalua and that's what happens to a lot of golf courses especially you go to the british isles you get over there and you get a calm day where it's supposed to be windy. Um, you can you can make a, a number out there. Yeah, you certainly can make a number. And uh, we have Mark back now on the line. Uh, Mark, I'll re-ask the question. Just being in Hawaii at Kapalua, seeing three guys go 30 under or better, what was that like being on the ground for that experience? Well, I, I think it's, it's to Bob's point. You, you get a golf course that is built to be protected by wind and you don't get it. And it kind of reminded me or gave me the thought of, boy, what are we going to do at St. Andrews in July if we get a nice, warm Scottish summer? I mean, could we see a 59 at the old course at St. Andrew? I mean, it's it's certainly very, very possible uh, knowing what these guys can do when Mother Nature doesn't get involved on golf courses that, for the modern player, without, without Mother Nature, they're, they're just not going to be able to, to, to be defended. And it seems like every time I go to Hawaii, I see something that I never thought I'd see. You know, the last time I was there was the time that Dustin Johnson basically turned Kapalua into a pitch and putt four years ago where he had, you know, eagle putts, five, six eagle putts around, almost made an ace on a par four. I mean, it was the most dominant four days I, I've personally seen with my own, with my own eyes. You know, I never got to walk with Tiger for four days in 2000 at the U.S. Open, which I think is the greatest performance the game has ever seen. But I wasn't physically there watching every shot with my own eyes for four days. I did that with Dustin Johnson and Kapalua. And now I did it with Cameron Smith. I had him for three or four days. And that it was ridiculous. We had three guys break the all-time record, and two of them never won the golf tournament. Two of them, you know, go go away. I don't want to call them in losing fashion, but they they don't hold the title. They don't have the hardware. I mean, so it was it was absolutely incredible to watch. I love the golf course, guys. Uh, and I'll, I, 
you know what? I'll say what Bob said about a year ago. And Bob said it a couple times over the last few years, but he said it more often recently because I think it, it is more important now than ever before. We're going to have to all get less, less fixated on par and yeah. Not, yeah. not get so fixated on what the numbers are and how far under par they are and things like that. The record book's going to change. Get out the big eraser in the next 24, 36 months. I mean, I just see this happening almost weekly. There, there will be exceptions on the schedule when Mother Nature gets involved or we get to certain setups and certain venues that just seem to stand the test of time or when we get to a lot of par 70s, which is a real easy fix here, guys. Just play a lot of par 70s. But I think week in and week out, more often than not on the PGA Tour and European Tour for that matter, or I should say DP World Tour, um, I think this is something we just need to get used to. Mark, so far this year of, of the tournaments you've covered and you've watched and seen, who's impressed you the most? Who's somebody who stood out, whether they're uh, number one in the world or number 101 in the world? Oh, geez, that's good, Bob, I'm trying to think. Because obviously being with Cameron Smith, that was that was nuts. Yeah. <laughs> she knew John Rahm at, at Kapalua, and obviously, you know, John Rahm picking number one in the world is a pretty easy one. Uh, but his ball striking's on cue. I, I'm trying to figure out why he hasn't won yet and, and what the missing element is because when you watch him, there there has not been one missing piece, it, it seems. Like, he's just striking it so well. Uh, that, that's been interesting. Jeez. Um, wow. No one really coming to mind right now. I'm trying to think of who I was with in Hawaii. Um uh, and nothing comes to mind this week. This week, yeah, Bob, nothing off the top of my head right now. Uh, sorry, I wish I had a better answer for you, but you caught me off guard on that one. I can't really think of who I was even with this week. It just <laughs> it's sorry. one big. Sorry to put you on the spot. <laughs> no shit, I have an answer. Nothing is is coming into my mind right now, and I, and I don't know why. I, you know what? Next Monday, I'll think of – as soon as we uh, get off the air, about like five names are going to come into my bloody head, and I'll hop them for you next Monday. <laughs> okay. Sure. Sounds yeah, good. You, you, you can stay tuned to Mark's Twitter account after the show, what when he'll name yeah. the, the top five guys he's seen. No, but, but, or Mark, you mentioned John Rahm, and you were high on him, obviously, when he won the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines. You were high on him last week or two weeks ago at Torrey Pines as well. Watching him from home, he came, he was one shot out of a playoff, and it seemed like he had his B or C game at the best. Like, to me, when he puts it all together, I won't be surprised if he wins a tournament or two, perhaps a major, by five or six shots. Like, he, he just looks when he is on and all facets of his game are going. Even at Kapalua, his putting wasn't that great in the second round. Still finished 33 under par. I think whenever he, all facets of his game are on par, he's going to win a tournament by five, six, seven shots. Well, that's like one of our favorite questions, right, guys? And we always kind of flip around with who, who's the answer and maybe the answer is John Rahm right now to the question, who's the best player in the world, not in the official World Golf ranking, but who's the best player in the world when they have their A-plus game right now? So if we were to say Rahm, Morikawa, Justin Thomas, Rory McIlroy, Bryson DeChambeau, Dustin Johnson, et cetera, et cetera, I'm probably forgetting a couple. 
who's the best in the world with their A-plus game. And Adam, you could be right. The answer could be John Robb because after three rounds at the Memorial last year, he had his A-plus game, and he was winning by six, and we still had 18 holes to go. And then, you know, they basically, COVID ripped the title out of his hands and handed it to Patrick Cantley, who's another guy that we're letting off the hook for a sloppy Sunday yesterday. Another guy of that kind of pedigree alongside with George Spieth that should have won that golf tournament. So um, maybe the answer is John Rob. Bob, who would you go with? If we were saying who's the best in the world right now, I think Adam and I are both on Rom if he's got his eight plus game. Is it Rom for you? Yeah, it's got to be Rom for me. I think he's pretty much uh, right through the bag. He's got every shot, and he's he's also now I think as we've talked about numerous times since that U.S. Open really built himself up to a a point where I don't think he thinks he can lose. I think you know he's not going to outthink himself. He's not going to underwhelm himself. He's he's confident when he's getting in the chase to try and get back and and win a tournament. He's got to, uh, yeah, he's, he's walking with a different stride. And I think what's interesting to me now is he kind of expects to have a chance to win every time he puts the ball on the ground. Like that level of consistency. I know we always use Tiger as like a reference point. No one's ever going to be Tiger. And no one's ever going to like have a cut streak like that or constantly put himself in contention the way Tiger did. But to use that analogy, it's just I would be very surprised, guys, this year if when John Rahm is in a tournament playing golf on a start on the PGA Tour or, for that matter, the DP World Tour, that if he's playing golf, that he's just not part of the storyline on Sunday. I think that's just going to be a regular thing we better get used to this year. Yeah, he's, he's been a lot of fun to watch so far. Doesn't have a victory just yet in 2022. But maybe, just maybe, this might be the summer of Rombo. Mark, travel safely, get home safely, and we'll talk to you for our TSN Edge hit being released this Wednesday morning. Boys, just quickly before I go, it's just a good thing that I'm not doing winners weird and what with you because <laughs> Phil Mickelson. Oh, yeah. And you know I love him. One of my favorites done so much for the game i mean absolutely lost his mind uh i, I don't know if you guys have chatted at all about oh, yeah. the randall chambly article randall was on cue I, i'm just sick to my stomach over this but we'll chat next week about it maybe yeah we'll, we'll chat at length about that uh, next week for sure mark uh, get home safely we'll talk to you soon thanks boys now, Bob, I have a theory on John Rahm. I'm not going to say it just now because we're running out of time in the segment. Maybe an hour or two. I have a little theory on what what is holding back John Rahm, and it's something that's held him back in previous years. Maybe I'll discuss that in hour two. But coming up after the break, we'll have an update on 20 weeks of TaylorMade. We'll discuss that and much more next. This is our season premiere of Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada. Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Wrapping up hour one of our season premiere. Season 12 
of Golf Talk Canada, Adam Scully, alongside Bob Weeks. Bob, it's great to be back here, 12 seasons now of Golf Talk Canada. I think I've been around for six, seven, I want to say. It's got sort of hard to keep track, but it, it's been great to, to be here on, on GTC. And our TV schedule, we are back February 23rd for a special tailor-made product special. Now, Bob, uh, we spoke this on the radio, I think, for our Festivus special, where we got to spend time in Carlsbad just before Christmas, sort of early December. And on that show, we'll, we'll hear from you and Bill Price. We'll hear from Matt Bovee. We'll hear from Tomo Bystead. Um, we had a great time in Carlsbad, and you got to hit the new tailor-made stealth driver. What were your thoughts when you first got to hit the new product? You know, my f- biggest uh, thought when I went down there was t- about the what the sound was going to be. We've been tipped off to what it was going to be, a carbon face, carbon body essentially, taking titanium, not quite out of the whole uh, thing, but the face was going to be carbon. And I can remember years ago there was a club that came out, and I honestly can't remember which company it was from, but it was basically a whole carbon head. And I remember Annika Sorenstam telling me, she said it was the best performing driver she'd ever hit, but she said I couldn't play it because it sounded, there was no sound. It was basically yeah. like mush. So I was very intrigued to hear about that and that what they had done to create a good sound and it does it feels good it jumps off the face um i am not as like you and mark a big ball speed guy or a club head speed guy so for me to notice a difference out there in where i was going with it um was significant and i'm actually going tomorrow night to do a fitting to up to a tailor made to to uh, get a really dialed in and uh, really have an opportunity to kind of see what's going on. And not only the driver, but, uh, but some of the irons as well. And, um, and the putters, the, uh, the, the, the new GT model that they've uh, come out with, Bill Price, our friend, or my good buddy who's been doing. So, yeah, overall, uh, really interesting stuff. Yeah, great stuff from TaylorMade 2022. Our product special, February 23rd. We'll learn all about it. Maybe we'll release some of the videos Mark and I did uh, comparing previous model sim 2 to the stealth we hit some numbers that were pretty high that i've never seen before on a uh, on a trackman or uh, or a flight scope so uh, looking forward to releasing that show and yes 20 weeks of tailor made is back a little later around masters week we'll have much more on social media uh, about 20 weeks of tailor made but that wraps up hour one of our season premiere on golf talk canada we'll kick off hour two the back nine with tyler torrieri from the cjga their director of tour operations we will discuss the CJGA with him. We'll also hear from Tom Hoagie, who won the AT&T Pebble Beach program. And, of course, winners, weird and what our favorite time of the year. That's all favorite time of the show, I should say. That's all coming up after the break. This is our season premiere of Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. 
Welcome back to Hour 2, the back nine of our season premiere of Golf Talk Canada, season 12. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. Lots going on in the world of golf, but Bob, to pivot briefly, you were just on Scotty's Watch on TSN, where it's now a three-peat, correct, for Team Anderson? Is that right? Uh, th- three peat for Team Anderson, and it was actually a busy night last night because I was flipping back and forth between the Scotties and Canada had a in the mixed doubles had a do or die. That's right. Um, game, and unfortunately they lost, so they are out of the medal uh, contention, which is a, I think, it have to be a bit of an upset considering yeah. that the team they lost to the Italians, who are in first place, um, are ranked twenty fifth in the world, and everyone is shocking everyone. So yeah, it's been a little. Last night, the, the the converter was getting a workout between Pebble Beach, Scotties, and uh, and Olympics, as uh, I think we'll have for the next couple of weeks without the Scotties, but the Olympics will certainly be busy. Yeah, that's right. Congrats to Team Anderson for a three-peat. And, you know, golf and curling, it has the connection. We, we've spoken about, uh, you know, the, the mixed doubles, how it's a different kind of curling. You know, it's five rocks in play. It's, you, got, you have a power play. Maybe golf and match play, that they're going to tie those two together. That's a topic for another day but now joining us on the line from the cjga tyler torrieri their director of tour operations a very exciting time for the cjga with a big schedule coming up tyler welcome to the show and welcome to golf talk canada hey guys uh thanks for having me i really appreciate it yeah well, so welcome. It, sorry adam i was going to just jump in and just say uh tyler you got you guys your schedule here when i look at it uh 120 tournaments do i have that right Absolutely, yeah. That's our, our most tournaments ever. We're uh, we're really trying to grow that game, especially outside of Ontario, um, and and just provide all these junior golfers across the country the most opportunities to play golf and, and succeed as well. Yeah, that's what it's all about is providing opportunities for these young junior golfers. Um, because you know, in a COVID age, in all sports, there have been you know hardships and issues and availabilities not there. What's it been like for you to help? try to organize a schedule of this magnitude because we're still in a pandemic right now. Yeah, it's been, it's been difficult. I'm not going to lie. The uh, obviously golf has been growing in popularity over the last two years due to the pandemic and, you know, finding golf courses um, that have key times available is, is a task in itself. So it's, it's been difficult, but um, we, we, you know, we've relied upon our, our existing relationships with these courses that know who we are and, know what we're about and and want to really grow the game in Canada with uh, at the junior and the grassroots level so we really appreciate those golf courses um because obviously it's not it's not a financial decision on there and it's a it's a growing the game decision which we really appreciate so this is the 30th anniversary of the CJGA which is uh wow that's that's amazing actually I can remember when it started how it was it's gone through some rough periods. I remember Earl Fritz trying to get it off the ground and getting hammered and the RCGA back at that time, Golf Canada now, didn't really want to help out with rules officials, all sorts of things. But through it all, you guys have persevered and not only persevered, but really um, given a, a leg up to a lot of great players. I noticed you're going to do a sort of alumni uh, story about some of the people who've come through the program. And I mean, what does it mean to have done this and given a footing to some of the best golfers who uh, amateur and professional who've come through Canada. Yeah, absolutely. Well, a lot of the credit has to go to Mr. Fritz and he really laid the groundwork for this, for where we are today. And, you know, we can't thank him enough for that. Um, and then as far as our alumni go, I mean, everyone hears about the big names, Brooks, Henderson, um, you know, Mac Hughes, Taylor, uh, Pendrith, all the new guys that are out there, Michael Gligert. Um, But it's the, the purpose of our alumni program that we're starting this year is, even to highlight the people that don't necessarily make it on, on tour and, 
they all have interesting stories, whether they're working in golf now as a professional or, or something along those lines, or they're, they're just successful in their everyday lives. And we really want to give an avenue for them to uh, kind of showcase what they're all about. We're in conversation here with Tyler Torrieri from the CJGA. Now, you mentioned some of the big names who have come through the CJGA, you know, your Brooke Hendersons, Taylor Pendrith, etc. What's it like for you being a part of the CJGA, see these big names, have these great success stories and go on, you know, whether it's on the LPGA Tour, PGA Tour, making their way up to the PGA Tour. What's that like for you to see alumni of the program succeed at the highest level? It's absolutely amazing. Um, like I said, you know, you hear the names of Brooke Henderson and, and uh, you know, Adam Hadwin and, and, and uh, Max Hughes. And, you, you know, we, we remember them when they were 10 to, to 19 years old playing on our tour and, and winning. Um, you know, Brooke won our, our, our major championships uh, like multiple times. And now she, she's almost had three top 10s in her one, the LPGA Tour, right? So it's, uh, it's really is a treat to see these young junior golfers go through our program and then have success on the biggest stage in the world. So it's, uh, I'm, I'm very blessed to do what I do. And I know everyone here at the CJJ really loves that aspect of the job. Uh, you're putting the, the real C part, giving it a little emphasis with the uh, Canadian because you're breaking into the Saskatchewan market. Um, is that a, is that make it, a, I won't say necessarily every province, but it does it make it sort of coast to coast now that where you're going to have tournaments this year. Yeah, pretty pretty close. We're uh, we're in every province this year except for Manitoba and Newfoundland. Um, breaking back into Saskatchewan is obviously very important for us. We uh, we had about a three or four year hiatus, mostly due to the pandemic, um, just not being able to get out there as easily as we were in the past. So uh, we do have a, a pretty big event out there, a three day Prairie Championship, um, June seventeenth to nineteenth this year, which which we're very excited about, and that the um, the early responses to that event have been very positive. So. Uh, we're happy to be back there, and then we're we're also working on breaking into Manitoba again next year. We've been again away from there from uh, for a couple of years now, so we're 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 getting back to uh, every single province, but uh, it's a work in progress here. We're in conversation with CJGA Director of Tour Operations Tyler Torrieri. Now you mentioned getting back into the Saskatchewan market. There's on the schedule on that topic as well. Most majors ever with four major championships. Tell us about them. Yeah, absolutely. We're very, very excited about this. We, we have our two traditional majors, which are our Ping Match Play Championship and our Mizuno Stroke Play Championship. Uh, and this year we've added our uh, Polar Golf Canadian Championship, which is another four-day event that's at Tarendale Golfers Club in Springfield, Ontario. And then we also added our TaylorMade Canadian Invitational, which is a, a three-day championship event at Lionhead Golf Club in Brampton. And, uh, you know, just, again, providing these opportunities for all, for all these junior golfers across the country that can play these high-level events that, whether it's getting ranked by the highest uh, ranking associations or um, providing um, avenues where college and university coaches can come watch the best players play in one centralized location, it's very important to get them to that next level, and that's really what we strive to do. So we're, we're very excited. It's going to be a busy summer, but uh, it's going to be really exciting for all these players. And it's going to be exciting for uh, Golf Talk Canada. We're going to be on site for that TaylorMade Canadian Invitational. Um, I don't. I'm actually looking forward to it. I've only been to a few CJGA events over my uh, years, and uh, so I'm looking kind of to go back and see what see what's going on at these events. Um, when you think of the the competition level, I don't know how long you've been uh, tied up with it, Tyler, but uh, but how it, it's it's obviously improved drastically over the years in terms of. Like you said, you're getting college coaches there. You're getting 
uh, people coming out to watch. And I'm sure there's a lot of parents there wandering around as well. But what is the level of quality and, and talent that you see at these events? Yeah, it's it's the best junior golfers in Canada that are playing these events, and especially our, our major championships. It's, it's literally 100 of the best golfers in Canada. Um, and, and it's not even – it's every single year we see improvements, right? And, and, and it's, it's based on the fact that we, we, we get multiple – emails and phone calls from coaches in, in not only Canada, but, you know, in the U S and, and even um, outside of the U S too, that are looking to come watch these players because they're hearing about them and they're seeing their scores and they, they want to see them in person to potentially recruit them to, to a college or university. And that, and that's really our goal, right? It's just the more players that can come through our program and move on to that next level, the better for us, the better for them, the better for everyone. So that's really what we tried to focus on. And, and, and it's, like I said before, it's, it's a treat to watch these players play because it makes you feel a little bad about your own game when you got a, you know, a 15 year old that's out there going five or six under par every single round. It's, it's really something to see. Yeah. It's so much fun to watch. And there are a couple of charity events as well, taking place at Lavo at Lobovic, May, uh, May 29th and July 15th. That's correct. Tyler. Yes. Yeah. We uh, were very blessed uh, by Mr. Lobovic at Lobovic golf club to, uh, he donates the golf course to us to run these charity events. Um, it's a, it's a four-person scramble event. Um, there's lots of prizes. There's free food, free drinks, everything. It's, it's a really great event. Um, if, uh, if, if anyone's looking to register for that event, uh, visit our website. There's a link on there, um, and then you can register for the events, and, and all the information is on there as well. So that, that's always a good one for us and uh, really helps our program as well. Now, Tyler, before we let you go, I was just reading your Twitter bio, and I think it's a very important lesson, and I'll read here. The CJGA, through the game of golf, instills intrinsic values that include the development and growth of character, sportsmanship, discipline, and integrity. For young kids coming up in the game, how important is this not only for the game of golf and playing well on that stage, but maturing as a young adult into you know a teenager, an adult, etc.? Absolutely, and that's one thing that we really strive is we're, you know, we're, we are here to build their, their golf game, but we're also here to build them as a person. And, and golf already does that by itself, but we firmly believe that our values that we hold here uh, really makes all these players into better people. And, and that's, that's also what, what ma- makes uh, myself and, and everyone here at the CJJ do what we do is to see these players become good people and um, great golfers and, and just really live their lives as um, a, a great person. And uh, that, that is very important. So. Tyler, it's a, it's a great story. The CJGA, uh, so many uh, events coming up this year on the schedule, the most majors ever. And, of course, Golf Talk Canada will be on location at Lionhead August 8th to 10th for the TaylorMade Canadian Invitational. Thanks for your time today, Tyler, and we'll talk to you again later in the summer. Yeah, thank you, guys. I appreciate the time, and uh, we'll see you in the summer. Absolutely. That was Tyler Torrieri the CJGA's Director of Tour Operations. Bob, it's just a great story for, for young kids developing, trying to become better golfers, and like I mentioned to Tyler. And like we've talked about on the show numerous times, it's sort of the game of golf, it's a game of life too. It's a game of honesty. It's a game of integrity. And this tour is really helping that in all uh, way, shape, or form. You know, one thing we always talk about uh, the development of, the, for instance, the, the nine guys who were on the PGA Tour that played a couple of weeks ago, the, the number of top-ranked players that we have in the world. And we probably don't give enough credit to the CJGA because really before they were around, there was no place to play competitively. You'd play in the provincial championships, um, and there might be one or two other club events. But aside from that, you know, to get competition, you had to go down to the United States. So... Earl Fritz and his team and the Canadian Junior Golf Association have really provided something. 
And listen, it might not be perfect for every kid who goes out there, but I think if you want to uh, advance your golf career, whatever that may be as an amateur player or as a professional player or whatever you hope to do, I think you need that competition. And it's, uh, it's a great opportunity for the kids who, who are uh, really into golf. So good for them for, for not only starting it, but keeping it going for 30 years. My goodness. Crazy. 30, yeah, it's cra- pretty crazy 30th anniversary and looking forward to seeing their CJG alumni spotlight, pro- spotlight program as the uh, summer goes on. Coming up after the break, we'll hear from Tom Hoagie, who picked up the victory at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am, and we'll discuss all the Canadians who are in the field and the starts to their season as well. This is our season premiere of Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. Looking out the window here, Muskoka Bay, I can't wait to get back to Muskoka Bay. We'll have to have a Golf Talk Canada outing at Muskoka Bay at some point this summer. This is our season premiere of Golf Talk Canada, our 12th season at Muskoka alongside Bob Weeks. Well, Bob, we saw Tom Hoagie pick up the victory at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. We also saw three Canadians finish inside the top 16. Well, I think we're going to be seeing a victory sometime very soon on the PGA Tour for a member of Team Canada before we discuss the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Let's hear from the winner, Tom Hoagie. Yeah, you know, it was a strange year last year for me in that I missed a lot of cuts throughout the summer and then uh, finished fourth at Liberty National, the first playoff event that got me into the second event. Um, it gave me some confidence again. And since then, I've played really well. Um, I was fourth at Sea Island and right before the break and then took some time off. But uh, for me, that was motivating more than anything that I wanted to work harder and kind of get in that situation a lot more. And I always felt like um, all the times I got in contention, I felt like I've been a little bit too far back going into Sunday, if that makes sense. I've always been four or five shots back, and you really need a lot of things to go your way. So for me, you know, I was one back at uh, Palm Springs starting Sunday. I was tied for the lead here today and just felt a lot more comfortable in this situation today out there. And good for Tom Hoagie picking up the victory. And we always do our TSN Edge picks. They come out Wednesday morning. If someone were to have a wager on Tom Hoagie pre-tournament, 60 to 1. That would have been a pretty big payday, Bob. And, you you know, you've had some close calls. You've had, you had Patrick Cantley, you had Jordan Spieth, you had Jason Day. One of our loyal listeners and viewers, Christian, chimed in yesterday morning saying, Bob, you got three guys in the top eight. Is this the week? But who knows, Bob? We've got the Waste Management Phoenix Open this week, 15 of the top 20 in the world. Maybe this is your week to get off the schneid. <laughs> maybe, maybe it is. Uh, interesting note about Tom Hoagie, his first professional start was the Dakota Dunes Classic in uh, Saskatchewan. Oh, and his first professional victory was the Players' Championship in Winnipeg. He played on the Canadian Tour when he, right after he turned professional. So he, uh, he's, got, he's another one of those graduates now who's gone on from 
PGA Tour Canada up to the uh, to win on the PGA Tour. So nice for him to see that. But uh, yeah, it would have been nicer if he had told me on on maybe on Wednesday or something that I was gonna he was gonna win that week and I could have picked him. But uh, you know, listen, overall overall a good week for for Hoagie. I I think yeah. a lot of people were, as Mark suggested, maybe a little surprised coming down the stretch that not that he didn't not that he played that well, but that that Cantlay and Spieth kind of went backwards and I, mm-hmm. I was looking at both those two guys as saying okay they're in the perfect position they're they're kind of the most seasoned of the players who are in that hunt coming down the stretch and I thought one of them would break through for sure but uh, that's the beauty of Pebble Beach you really got to play you really got to play smart golf you really got to play some get some breaks golf and you do that I guess everywhere you win but uh, Tom Hoagie certainly was full measure for the victory. Now you mentioned something there that really struck a chord with me and you said the beauty of Pebble Beach. Now, obviously, the Saudi International was going on last week. The field at Pebble Beach was not great by any means. Do you think, you know, you would think Pebble Beach, you think many of the best players in the world would want to be there. But it has to be a combination of, A, the Saudi International when it was, or Invitational when it was, and the PJ Tour schedule now. Because it really starts to ramp up now, Waste Management, Riviera, Florida Swing, the match play, and then the Masters is not too far away. Do you think this is just the week where some play, like you have to take a week off at some point, right? Yeah, you do. And and I will say that the, hearing from a number of players that a lot don't like to play at Pebble Beach for two reasons. One is the rounds are ridiculously slow when the spectators yeah. are there. So they're six-hour rounds, essentially five-and-a-half, six-hour rounds. And the second part is you never really know what kind of weather you're going to get there. Now, they were pretty decent this year. But if you remember a year ago, uh, it was pretty cold and, and uh and not conducive to great golf weather. So that's why, you know, even though it had a weak field this year, the top, I think it was the top, of the, of the top 50 players, there were more this year than there were a year ago. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, it wasn't, wasn't, this wasn't a one-off. Yes, it was affected certainly by, um, by the Saudi Arabia tournament, but I think it's more, there's bigger issues here that, that why Pebble Beach isn't always filled with the, uh, the top players. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, I, I, listen, I think most people would give their, their left arm to go out and be able to play in the, in the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am, whether it's an amateur or a pro. So uh, it's still a fun event to watch. And you're right, it, this to me is kind of where things start to move along now. Now you're getting some better fields and um, now you're starting to see as they get into the Florida swing where guys are sort of gearing their games up to, uh, towards the Masters. Yeah, and the field wasn't as strong last week as well because there were two late WDs before the tournament with defending champion Daniel Berger and Will Zalatoris testing positive for COVID-19. But Jordan Spieth had the chance coming down the stretch. He missed that putt on 17, only a second missed putt inside of 10 feet all week. But where are you on Jordan Spieth? Because, you know, he had this great comeback last year, made the Ryder Cup team, got back into his winning ways, had a great chance at the Masters last year in April, just had a really bad putting week and, you know, didn't go on to win, obviously. But where are you on Jordan Spieth now? Do you think, is he fully back? Is he on your radar now as we head to this busy stretch of golf? Because for me, Bob, watching him, at Torrey Pines, there was one tee shot where the, the telecast was on him for his entire pre-shot routine. And I counted 17 seconds standing over the ball with sort of some weird sort of pre-angle, shot, you know, a pre-shot routine. So there are clearly some thoughts in his head. Where are you right now with Jordan Speed? Uh, I think he's in a lot better place than he was a year ago. I think his mind has calmed down a little bit now where he's not, things aren't racing around in his head 
all the time. I do think, though, to your point about that tee shot, I think he's always going to be a guy who's trying to sort of figure things out in his mind some way, shape, form, whatever. Listen, he doesn't have uh, the perfect cookie-cutter golf swing. You can see that, that left elbow when he comes through kind of flying out a little mm -hmm. bit. And I think, I think he's always going to battle certain parts of his game. But I think he's got a lot more confidence in what he's doing right now. And I think there are fewer, um, fewer things to worry about when he's swinging. So um, was I surprised yesterday he didn't close the deal? Yeah. But uh, mm -hmm. I think, I think that's, that's kind of with every guy out there is going to happen to him once or twice that they're not going to be able to finish it off the way they want to. But he's not, he's not the Jordan Spieth we saw in 2017 and 16, but he's, uh, he's a lot closer to it than we've seen in a long time. Yeah, it's great to see him playing better golf, and I'm sure we'll see Spieth back in the winner's circle at some point here in the very near future. Now, I mentioned three Canadians finishing inside the top 16. Nick Taylor, a T14, of course, the 2020 champion of the AT&T Appel Beach Pro-Am, and then Adam Hadwin and Mackenzie Hughes, T16 finishes. And, Bob, we discussed this on Speed Golf last Wednesday that aired on SportsCenter, how it's been a strange road for Nick Taylor after that victory at the Pebble Beach Pro-Am two years ago in 2020. Just one top 10 in now 45 starts since that victory. But a sign of good things to come potentially for Nick Taylor, finishing T14 with four consecutive rounds of 69. Yeah, it's kind of weird how, you know, if you look at Nick's year, he's, he's only missed two cuts in nine starts. But this is the first finish he's had inside the top 30. So he's, he's playing four rounds, but he's not playing four better rounds to get him up, the, up there. Uh, this was his best finish of the year, and um, obviously he likes Pebble Beach. We know that because he won, and some of his past results there are good. He's just one of those guys I expect him to play better, and I don't know what it is. He's now an equipment-free agent. He praised TaylorMade, who he parted ways with, but he just said he wanted to explore other options and see if there's something else that might help him out. I think he's, I think he's looking for something. I think he's trying to find one more key to the game. And if you look at his performance... There's nothing that really stands out. He's not like, I mean, he's not a great putter and a bad driver. He's kind of, I would say, mediocre to below mediocre in almost all the categories. But the sum of the parts somehow seems to work where he's uh, making a decent living and he's making some cuts. But uh, there's just he's just too good a guy and he's too good a player and too smart a player to be not putting up better better performances. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, good to see him get back to the T14. Let's see how he does here going forward. About uh, 30 seconds to a minute left here, Bob, talking Canadians. Uh, also, you know, there's so many Canadians now on the PGA Tour. I mentioned three finishing inside the top 16. Taylor Pendrith, not one of those guys. He did make the cut. You've been very high on Taylor Pendrith now that he's a PGA Tour member. Do you expect he's someone who will break through? We saw him at, at, at Bermuda in late 2021 have a really good chance to win in some bizarre conditions, but do you think he's the next Canadian to break through and get a W? I think he, either he or Adam now, Adam Svensson, um, both have been yeah. playing well. Adam Svensson had two great rounds at Pebble Beach before not so much on the weekend, and, and I know it's you know those are the two obvious picks anyway, but uh, Taylor, Taylor, the start of this year, has not been off to a great start, and I'm not quite sure what that is. He has to find his footing. Maybe when he gets to Florida, he will. He's like the fifth alternate as we talk right now for this week at uh, the Waste Management, so I'm not sure if he'll get in there. Um, but he's got all kinds of talent. Everybody, not just Canadians, a lot of guys south of the border really like him. And, uh, and I, think the, I think he could surprise a few if he gets his game uh, tightened up just a little bit. 
Yeah, totally. He'll be fun to watch as 2022 goes on. Coming up after the break, we have our favorite time of the show. It's winners, weird and what, no shortage of any of them. This is our season premiere of Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay and play. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac. Experience the iconic Cadillac sedans and SUVs in a personalized live video tour with all your questions answered in real time. Book your tour at Cadillac.live. Welcome back inside our season premiere of season 12. Golf Talk Canada, Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. Well, we know Winner's Weird What is our favorite time of the show. We get to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, the weird, the bizarre, whatever's going on in the world of golf. Now, Bob, before I throw the tee over to you, I was just browsing Twitter in the commercial break we just had, and Justin Thomas had an um, interesting tweet, and I'm going to read this. This is about half an hour ago. Had a dream last night. I forgot to take my extra 60-degree wedge out of my bag and played eight holes of a first round with 15 clubs, Therefore, starting my tournament with a front nine score of 48, I, for some reason, got penalized 16 strokes. Happy Monday, everybody. Uh, have you ever had a golf nightmare of this magnitude? Bob? I've, lived, I've lived some golf nightmares, but I don't know if I've ever had a, something like that. That's a pretty specific nightmare, isn't it, <laughs> to leave your extra wedge in there? That's very specific from JT and hopefully his new caddy, Jim's Bo- Jim Bones Mackay, you know, make sure there's 14 clubs in the bag. Okay, on that note, Bob, your turn. Winners, weird and what, you have the tee. So, so what do I do, just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball! All right, uh, Adam, my, uh, my winner this week is actually a group of golf courses, five different golf courses, the City of Toronto Municipal Golf Courses, which uh, together have come through a review by the city and uh, are going to not only uh, continue to operate as golf courses, but continue to operate as 18-hole golf courses, and they're going to get some help. I think the city has realized that these are good assets um, by a, uh, a big Feed, a lot of feedback from them. There were some negative feedback as well, or not negative, but people who wanted to different things for the golf courses. But moving forward, they're going to um, they're going to operate as golf courses, and they're going to try and actually increase access to them during the non-golf times, maybe in the winter. They're already doing that this year. People are allowed to walk on the golf courses, and that may change. They're also going to have an enhanced junior program, which is just absolutely perfect news. And the one golf course, Dentonia, that they were talking about. Uh, perhaps knocking down to nine holes from 18 holes to give a little bit of an access route in an area. Uh, They've uh, turned that down, and it's going to remain as 18. So all good news for Toronto City golf courses. And it's i got to say I was a little worried because you go around the country, and there are some city golf courses that are being sold, that are being developed, whatever. But uh, the five in Toronto are going to remain. I don't know, Adam, do you remember the first time you played one of the city golf courses? Yeah, when I was really young, uh, Dentonia, um was one and don valley i think was one of the courses up in as well uh yeah don valley i played definitely for sure when i was very young i have to give a special shout out here to the preferred lie 
who have done some great videos on these municipal golf courses. I, I know some of the guys who run the Preferred Lie, and uh, they've done some great stuff. I re really recommend going to their YouTube page and check out some of these great videos, especially of Dentonia. There's some, some great content there. It's, uh, it's, there's, I will tell you, there's been a big, big, big push from a lot of people in the golf business and the golf industry. Craig Lockery from uh, Golf Ontario. I, I can think of Lauren Rubenstein. A lot of people were on calls talking to city councillors and, and pushing that, that through. So uh, Rick Young from Score Golf as well. So a lot of good, good momentum going on there. My weird this week is, uh, takes us to um, a veteran PGA Tour player, now broadcaster, named Mark. Uh, not our Mark. Mark Lai. <laughs> And I don't know what this guy was thinking. However, he has just been fired from Sirius XM Radio. With uh, he was a PGA Tour host, kind of hosting some of the of the programming around the PGA Tour events. Uh, but he came out with a comment. I'll read it to you. He says, "You know, the LPGA Tour to me is a completely different tour than it was 10 years ago. Uh, you couldn't pay me to watch. You really couldn't because I just I couldn't relate to it all. It's kind of like you know, if you're a basketball player." And I'm not trashing anybody. Please don't take me the wrong way. But I saw some highlights of ladies basketball. Man, if there were a gun in the house, I'd shoot myself rather than watch this. What was this guy thinking? And rightly so, he is gone from the radio. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I know it's a spur of the moment. I know he, he has apologized. Uh, but, boy, you, you just you can't say things like that. You can't, and you saying, oh, he was joking? Like, come on, Mark, Mark Lye, that's, that's just that's awful. Yeah, it, it makes you sick. It really does. It does. It's kind of. It's just. Uh, it's it's un, uncalled for, and you can't get away with that stuff. And you don't. Nobody should even be thinking that way. I love no. WNBA, by the way. I watched mm -hmm. a little bit of it. Yeah. Uh, okay. And my uh, my what this week uh, is uh, what a kind of a nice way to start and look ahead that the USJ has released its list of championship qualifying sites, and there's a whole bunch for different Ooh. championships in Canada. In fact, there's a U.S. Open local qualifying and a final qualifying site in Canada again. U.S. Junior Girls has a qualifying site in Canada. U.S. Junior Boys has a, has a uh, qualifying site in Canada. U.S. Women's Amateur, site in Canada. U.S. Men's Amateur, site in Canada. So there's lots of ways to qualify for some of the biggest tournaments uh, in the USGA's uh, roster of them. And there, you don't even have to cross the border to be able to do that. So that's pretty cool. I think that we've we've seen a few of them in the past that have come through. And I know the U.S. Open one for the men has been canceled for the last couple of years, obviously because there hasn't been a Canadian Open, so there's no need to do it. But it's good to see the the uh, USGA realizes that it's there are so many players from Canada trying to qualify for these events, and also the locations set up timing-wise with the RBC Canadian Open that they're going to host some of these back again in Canada this year. Are you going to try and qualify, Adam? Well, I mean, I might need to work on my short game a little bit, but I do see a content opportunity here because a couple of years ago, I caddied for Mark Zucchino when he was trying to qualify for the Canadian Open. I remember now, that. Now, spoiler alert. We didn't qualify if those thought we did. We, we, we did not qualify, just to let you know. But, I mean, who knows some training here in the off season? I'm going to put a little teaser out there in our next segment. I went to a place on Saturday that is going to help our viewers and listeners uh, with their swings and, their, and how their body works. That's just a little teaser. I'll discuss that in the next segment. But I think this is also just a great opportunity, too, for because there's so many great golfers around Canada, around the GTA, around to have a great chance to go and try to qualify for these USGA events. This is awesome. Yeah, it's really good news. All right, Adam, the T is now 
yours. Yeah, well, I, I had the coffee. I got to activate the calves, and I got to step on one here. <laughs> Come on, baby. That's what I'm going to do today. Hit bombs and attack the pin. Okay, my winner during our time off here from live shows on GTC has been the European Tour. And this is something I've discussed before about some of these great videos they have released. And they got even more creative this time around. They released a video with Terrell Hatton, Rory McIlroy, Colin Morikawa. They were trying to hit a one-yard wide fairway with a driver. I think if I did this, I would still be doing it a month later. I, I, I'd have My hands would be blown up. I, I wouldn't be able to do it. Terrell Hatton eventually did. Now, you know, Terrell Hatton's this great personality. Uh, he's not one to hide any of his feelings. There might have been a couple swear words in it, some bleeps, but he finally did hit the one-yard fairway. You know, good for the European Tour. They did another one, Shane Lowry and Tommy Fleetwood trying to get a hole-in-one with 50 golf balls. And something that I, you know me, I love watching golf and fitness and how that's really helped the game of golf. The European Tour released a three-minute video on Rory McIlroy's workout. Now, people watching it can relate. Rory McIlroy is not the tallest guy in the world. You see him in person, but you see how strong he is, and maybe you can you know, take some of these workouts and, and help you. Maybe you, Bob, hit bombs. <laughs> yeah, well, I, can, I might be able to have a better chance of hitting the, uh, the one-yard wide fairway, but I don't think it'll be a bomb. It'll be like 190 yards out there or something. <laughs> I was actually amazed at how, how many times they came close to landing it on there. Like they, they would land it on, it would roll off, or it would bounce, and... I mean, that to me was the most surprising part of it all because I thought there's no way these guys can, can hit a one-yard ferry, but of course they did. Yeah, there's the, there's the slogan, these guys are good, and these guys are certainly very good. Okay, my weird. Joel Damon is one of the great personalities on the PGA Tour, and during the Sony Open, uh, his caddy, Gino Benelli, also a great follow on Twitter. He likes to you know, showcase some of the hotels he stays at. Let's say they're not the most extravagant places in the world. He likes to save a couple of dollars here and there. Anyway, he posts a video of his player, Joel Damon, on the practice putting green. And then he sort of swores the camera around, and it's himself in the hot dog line. Because Joel Damon wanted a hot dog before teeing off. You know, we talk about nutrition on the golf course, you know, your pre-round routine. But, Bob, having a hot dog eight minutes before you tee off on the, on the PGA Tour? I don't know about this. Uh, you know, at that, that, the National Golf Club, they had great hot dogs on the, at the halfway house. And uh, Tom Jackson, who was a long-time professional there, used to say to me, cause I, ordered a, I was playing with him one day and I ordered a hot dog there. And he says, hmm, you know what we say around here? I said, what's that? Eat a hot dog, make a double. So, that's, I don't know. I guess Joel Damon's never heard that saying before. Yeah, I guess he hasn't said that saying before. And Joel Damon shot 69-68 that week. He shot 68 after having a hot dog, but missed the cut because this, the cut at the Sony Open was incredibly low that week. So, wow. Okay, my what this week? Okay, the Player Impact Program. We discussed this before with Phil Mickelson and his really weird, bizarre, obnoxious comments about greed. But... It looks like Colin Morikawa was just outside the top 10 in terms of payouts. And he, you could tell maybe he was a little bitter about this. So, you know, his name is Colin, but maybe spelled uh, unorthodox with two L's, C-O-L-L-I-N. So in his Twitter bio right now, it's actually C-O-1-1-I-N. So maybe a bit of a little dig there. And then... Uh, he said this as well. Shortly after news became public that Morikawa was probably, you know, the, the uh, winning 11th. Uh, he was 11th on the list, I should say, and not involved in the payout. He said, 
His favorite number used to be number five, but maybe I'll make it 11 now. Clay Thompson is number 11. He's set for a big comeback in 22. So here's to all number 11s next year. Maybe some stirring of the pot, perhaps, from Colin Morikawa? Well, he's getting off to a good start for uh, this year's PIP program, right? So that's what you got to do. You got to kind of keep going forward. Maybe you're going to turn that 11, and uh, at the end of the year, he'll get rid of one of the ones and be one. So we'll there see. There's go. some. I think that uh, you know they didn't really ever officially release the list, but it's yeah. kind of snuck out a little bit, and it's. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see if the guys want to step up their games and uh, to try and get themselves in the hunt for it this year. Yeah, you wonder, you know, we saw the Kepka DeShambo match, and uh, yeah, maybe they don't like each other. Who knows what the real backstory is there? But yeah, the player impact program, something just very strange uh, for the PGA Tour. Coming up after the break, we'll wrap up today's show. We'll have some leaderboard updates, and we'll update you on our upcoming Golf Talk Canada schedule. This is our season premiere of GTC. This segment of GTC, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management, was brought to you by Cadillac. Cadillac, experience the iconic Cadillac sedans and SUVs in a personalized live video tour with all your questions answered in real time. Book your tour at Cadillac.live. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new Tour 360 22. Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last, serving as the foundation for the all-new Tour 360 fit, while the new direct-injected Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. Wrapping up our season premiere of Golf Talk Canada, season 12. Adam Scully alongside Bob Reese. Okay, time for some leaderboard updates. Leaderboard updates are brought to you by Bushnell Golf, the number one rangefinder in golf. Starting on the PGA Tour, AT&T, Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Tom Hoagie gets it done, a two-shot victory over Jordan Spieth. Three Canadians in the top 16. Nick Taylor, past champion 2020. Adam Hadwin, T16. Mackenzie Hughes, T16. Great start. To the season so far for our Canadians on the PGA Tour. Over at the Saudi International, Harold Varner III with one of the shots of the year, 92 feet away for a closing eagle to edge out Bubba Watson by one shot at the Saudi International. On the DP World Tour, Nikolai Holgart, his second DP World Tour title after holding off Jordan Smith in the final round there. And on the LPGA Tour, Leona McGuire gets it done and uh, one of their new tournaments, the LPGA Drive on Championship. Brooke Henderson finishing T11. And Bob, in this early part of the season, another great story, Maud Ami LeBlanc. And she's someone who stopped playing golf a couple of years ago. Now she's back, top eight or T8 in her first start. Back, pretty great story from Maud Ami LeBlanc. She is, and she's, uh, she's got a great track record, a history of playing some good golf. She was on an NCAA winning team at Purdue a number of years ago. Uh, she's one of the longest drivers. She's very tall. She's about probably six feet, six foot one, and she is, um, extremely, she's been extremely shy as well, and she doesn't like the public attention a lot, but she seems to have found a comfort zone. She got married, and she and her wife are, um, I think, getting along, traveling on the tour and doing things together. And I think that uh, 
she's found a little bit more of a comfort zone for her that's allowed her to play some good golf because she does have a really good swing um, and she's got a really good talent I think with hitting it so far as she does um, she could she could really uh, she could really break through this year and she's had that one bad round that second tournament where she missed the cut she shot 67 78 a lot of that to do was uh, was really horrendous weather conditions that she didn't deal all that well with but uh, but it's nice to see her back and and I'm looking for good things from her for this year yeah, I'll be excited to see Monami LeBlanc back on the LPGA Tour. And speaking of back, we're back here on Golf Talk Canada. We're live every Monday here, 10 a.m. to noon on TSN 1050. Well, we have some great interviews coming up. Uh, Bob, next week we're going to play our interview with Xander Shoffley, who uh, we, yeah. we just heard about the uh, Adidas new shoes in that uh, little sting heading into the segment and uh, I had a chance to catch up with Xander Shoffley all about those new shoes have you got a chance to see the new shoes Bob I haven't yet actually they're mm -hmm. uh, it's on my I mean I've seen the pictures of them they look yep. they look really good as they always do from Adidas right they're so comfortable usually when you put them on like slippers but I haven't had a chance to actually get my feet into them yet yeah, Xander and, and Mason Dennison from Adidas have the great line where fashion meets function. And I, I think that's something where uh, it's, I'm looking forward to trying on the shoes uh, themselves. And we'll, we'll hear from Xander Shoffley uh, on next week's show. We'll also hear uh, perhaps with the, the TaylorMade Stealth Driver, Mark Zucchino as well, uh, talking about Saudi. I'm sure that might cause a rant or seven of some sorts from Mark. <laughs> and I mentioned this as well, 20 weeks of TaylorMade. It's one of our favorite things we do all summer here on Golf Talk Canada. That's going to be starting around Masters Week. And, and Bob, as we know, one week, uh, for 20 weeks, we give away one sort of tailor-made, uh, whether it's equipment, ball, glove, golf bag, limited edition, you know, iron sets, the works. This is uh, always a fun thing we do here on Golf Talk Canada. It really is one of the big things. I know it drives a lot of visitor engagement or listener engagement, I should say, not visitor, listener engagement on our social media channels, people reaching out and telling us why they want to win. Um, and then, of course, the big finale, the grand prize, the through-the-bag fitting experience. I'm not sure if we're doing that again this year. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't be speaking out, but I hope so. And then I think the opportunity to win a stealth driver or the fairways. Um, there's so many cool prizes in this event that, uh, that I think it's, uh, it's become one of the most popular. It's, it's arguably more popular than Mark Zucchino himself. Wow. Yeah. I think we'll have to pose that question to Mark next week. Yeah. Yeah. But no, it's a great thing we do. Uh, stay tuned to our social media channels for 20 weeks of TaylorMade uh, as well. I have to give a special shout out here closer to home to the Swing Lab Performance and Therapy Center. This is located in Richmond Hill. Uh, many thanks to our program director, Jeff McDonald, who reached out to me about going to check them out. And uh, Michelle at the Swing Lab Performance and Therapy Center. Really, uh, this was an eye-opening experience, Bob. It was a total uh, physical assessment of, of you know, your back mobility, your hip mobility, your shoulders, your spine. And I learned so much about how I am not flexible at all <laughs> in my spine, my back. Now, I was a goalie for 12 years, so I've got my lower body's pretty flexible. But in my back, my spine is all locked up. She, we went through this thorough two-hour assessment. And wow. then yesterday, Michelle sent me a four-page document on exercises I can do on the degree like where my spine angle is at address at impact it's it's so great we're gonna have Michelle on our show at some point in the next couple of weeks to discuss what this is all about because my, my eyes I'm still sort of shell-shocked at the experience I went through as, as someone I'd like to think I hit it a decent way but if I can get my back moving Bob <laughs> maybe another 20 30 yards but more importantly maybe straighter maybe you know 
you know, that sounds like a really good program. And, and uh, I think there's a lot to be said for the physical side, your body, your flexibility. You see those guys on the PGA Tour and on the LPGA Tour working out and doing all that stuff. So good for them. I'm, I'm interested to hear more about that. Yeah, absolutely. We'll have Michelle on in the next couple of weeks. Of course, we have our TSN Edge Hits. That, that comes out every Wednesday morning. It'll be the Waste Management Phoenix Open this week. 15 of the top 20 players in the official World Golf Ranking in the field uh, this week. And February 23rd, our TV debut for our TaylorMade product special. Bob, thank you for today. It thank is you. Good to be, good to it be is back. Good to, be, good to be back here live every Monday. Uh, with Golf Talk Canada. Coming up next on TSN 1050, the Maple Leafs All-Star break is over. They're taking on Carolina tonight. Julia and Al's brother will preview that game and much more. Thanks for joining us on GTC today, and we'll see you next time right here on TSN 1050. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new Tour 360 22. Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last serving as the foundation for the all-new Tour 360 Fit, while the new direct-injected Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.